0: Oh, mm-hmm. this and, and see a design flaw. but in fact that's not the case at all because this spoon-like ladle contraption does in fact come with an ergonomically designed handle. Well good
1: morning, good morning everybody. How we doing? Anybody happy to be in church this morning? I, I, I had no idea why I, until worship why I put a hanky in my pocket this morning. Come on somebody. We got some worship up here going on this morning. Great job worship team. We appreciate you guys so so much. Um, hey, if you didn't receive, yeah, go ahead, give my hand. You can give my hand. Good. If you did not receive an experience guide on your way in, uh, ushers have those, so raise your hand. We'll be happy to bring one of those to you. It's got sermon notes in there. You need a pen, something to write with. That would be, uh, that would be great. If you're not a note taker, I'm gonna have you write some things down. All right. So, uh, so in other words, I'm trying to encourage you to take notes. All right. So, so take notes is good for you, but welcome, welcome. And if it's your first time here, I'm pastor Mike. We're really excited that you are here this morning. You joined us here at church of the lakes inside of that little pack. There's a connect card. And so if you would, we just asked for four pieces of information, name, email, cell phone, and birthday. And so if you'd put that in there and mark that you're a first-time guest so we know that that's your first time here, welcome. We're very, very glad you're here. If you would rather do it digitally, you can get on our website, cotlakes.com, and there's an e-guide. And it's got the sermon notes and first-time guests and all kinds of other little resources and stuff in there. I want to remind you, for those of you who kind of are used to traditional scenario, we don't pass a bucket to do offering and tithes and all those kind of things. We put a box uh, there's boxes in the back corners of the room here So you'll see the blue box So if you want to put in your tithes and offerings If it's your first time here Please don't feel compelled that you have to give We're just glad you're here uh, But uh, if you want to do that And, and uh, see the blessing that comes from giving That would be amazing And then uh, I'm going to have our ushers come back um, In just a second Because September, so you guys know is um, September is the best The absolute best month To invite people to church Did you know that? There are more salvations in September than any other month for the rest of the year isn 't that kind of interesting kind of a deal So, so I want to really encourage you so we 've got some cards the ushers are going to come back and uh, hand those out in just a minute um, uh, for you and, and they are just they're just're uh, they're, they're random acts of kindness cards. So what we want you to do is is do something like give a little give a honking tip. you know what a honking tip is anybody come on right? Not, 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 not just a little tip, not just a good tip, but a hunking tip, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and so, uh, and so give a hunking tip and then leave one of those cards as it says, it says a little something special for you and on, and God loves you. And on the back, it says, so do we, and it says church of the lakes. So, uh, take one, take some of these as the ushers bring them, hand them out, do something kind for somebody, pay for somebody's Dunkin' Donuts. Come on, can I get an amen on some donuts? Somebody, yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do something kind for somebody and hand those out. That would be absolutely fantastic. While they're handing those out, a couple of other things I want to tell you real quick. I want to remind you of how grateful we are with your faithfulness, man. This is a giving church. I'm so grateful, uh, that you guys give the way you do and you're faithful to the Lord because it allows us to do some crazy cool things. One of the things that we do, uh, every quarter we support something called care for pastors, And I don't know if you know this right now, but I heard some stats this week that kind of jacked me up a little bit, honestly, Uh, made me realize how spoiled we are at Church of the Lakes. But supposedly a little less than 50% of churches are back open. Did you know that? In the United States, like a little less than 50% are actually open. Of those, catch this, catch this, of those, the the highest of what they're seeing, those that that poll is like 40, 50% attendance of their normal. Well, we're at about 80% attendance. And so, 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 I mean, I'm looking at that going, man, God, you're doing something special. And and again, listen, before you, woo, like to whom much is given, much is required. Somebody come on, right? Like that's a responsibility that God has given us, right? And why he's put us here at Leesburg high school as, as we reach, especially the kids and the teachers here in this, in this general area. But uh, also, we support something called Care for Pastors. And they, it's a ministry for pastors who are burnt out, who are hurt, who are chased off from their church by a demon, uh, deacon board. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, kind of a deal. And, 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 and so, Pastor Ron ministers too. listen to me, because of your giving, this year already, they've personally ministered to 1,800 pastors. Okay? Yeah. And some 150 pastors' kids. Summer that are getting one on one counseling. Because of our giving and others giving to care for pastors, $33,000 of scholarships for counseling and one on one coaching has happened because of your giving. So I just want to remind you why we do what we do, why we're in Leesburg High School and not building a building. Come on. Why, why we're not paying a mortgage payment. Come on, somebody. Right. Why we do this setup and takedown and all that crazy stuff we got to do. It's because God has allowed this church. Don asked me to get a specific number and, I, and Lizzie and I are going to work on that this week. But we are creeping up on in three years, almost a half a million dollars given away. Right. And that's because of your faithfulness And you're giving and you being faithful to God. So I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. A couple one of the things I haven't mentioned in a while, we use something called Right Now Media, which is basically kind of like a Christian Netflix, if you will. And the church pays for it. It's free for you. If you get on our website, there's a place under resources that says Right Now Media, sign up. Sign up, it's free. Pull it up on your phone. There's all kinds of stuff. If you got kids, there is thousands of videos for your kids that know that there's a biblical uh, background to them. You can put something on, throw the phone to them in the back seat and hope they stop yelling at you and kicking the back of your seat. Come on, somebody. Right? Uh, kind of a deal. But if you're not on Right Now Media, do that. And then some of you, you notice, you don't notice, at the very bottom of your notes, every week, I put a suggested teaching from Right Now Media for you to do this week that's a follow-up to what I'm teaching about. All right. So, so just check that out at the bottom. That's something I had a lady uh, that's that her husband is uh, very, very at risk. So she is pulled away from the church and she, she didn't want to, but she felt like she had to. And I got a text message from her this week. And she said, she said, Pastor Mike, so excited. I'm going to be coming back to church soon. Uh, but I want you to know that through uh, right now media and through the other uh, through YouTube and others, you and I have had lunch every day for the last three weeks, and I've caught up on all the sermons since I've been gone. I'm looking forward to coming back. So it's just a resource and something for you to use. Last announcement before I get into the Word: It is time for Man Camp. Man Camp. All right. So, man camp, each year, uh, we get together, go out to, uh, this amazing place called the Promise Ranch, uh, which is a thousand acres of heaven, uh, with a big old, uh, lake in the middle of it that we get to invade and we're camping. It's rough. It's camp. Uh, you want to bring a camper? We'll call you a sissy, but you can bring it. Um, but, but no, we, we, uh, you're welcome to do that. And some of our older gentlemen just joined us for the day, and I get that. Like I, I'm starting to understand that more and more every day. Uh, but man camp is an amazing opportunity for men to get out and talk man stuff. But here's the other thing we do. 13 to 17-year-old boys, we like to do a rite of passage, right? There's something missing in our culture today that we look at young men and say, you're a man now. Come on, somebody, right? That we look, and there's a lot of us that we never had that. I, you're looking at one. That, that for a long time wondered, am I a man? Am I doing man things? Do I even know what look, being a man looks like? And so that is a big part of man camp. If you have a 13 to 17 year old that you're interested in going through, write a passage with us and we're gonna do it a little bit differently this year. I'm really excited about it. We're gonna put in a, a year's worth of discipleship component for you and your son or you or whoever you're. And if you know a boy who doesn't have a dad, we will hook him up with a dad. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Like we're, we're gonna build this next generation um, and so get signed up for man camp, sign up your young men uh, to go through that program. So I'm really excited. Uh, I'm so glad I got this sankey today. Might not sweat through my shirt today. Um, so we've been going through this series called Struggles and something crazy happens every time I teach, like every week, whatever I teach, it seems like God puts me in a place to go through what I'm teaching, you know, so that when I come to speak it to you, it's a little more passionate to me. Does that make sense to anybody? So last week I spoke on fear. So I mean, that can tell you about my week prior to that, right? And, and, and just some of the things and those kind of things. But today I want to talk to you about something that honestly, I'm not an expert on. Um, I've, I've done my homework somewhat, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not a, an expert in this area, but I definitely have experienced or felt this and gone through it. And so has everyone sitting here right now or watching online or listening to this later. Anybody ever felt depressed? We're going to talk about depression today. We're going to talk about depression today because every single one of us has come to that particular struggle. Some of us find ourselves, you ever find yourself in that place where you just stop and go, how did I get here? Like emotionally. Like like I'm just acting like somebody peed in my Wheaties this morning. Come on. You know what I mean? And I don't really necessarily know why. Like, I'm not emotionally intelligent enough right now to be able to kind of put words to it, but I feel this. I want to give you a definition that I, that I looked up, and this is, this is a definition of depression. Look at this. A mood disorder characterized by anhedonia. Anhedonia is the inability to feel pleasure. Okay? The inability to feel pleasure is anhedonia. Extreme sadness. Anybody ever had extreme sadness? Uh, poor concentration. Anybody? Yeah, Uh, sleep problems, yes, loss of appetite, a feeling of guilt, helplessness, and hopelessness. Anybody in here never hit any of those. Come on, that's every single one of us, right? And so at some level, at some level, we've hit this, whether it be on a small level or some of us, some people sitting around you right now are in a really dark place and they did a really good job of putting a smile on this morning. And today, my goal, my hope, is that the Holy Spirit's going to meet you in this place this morning. And that you're going to surrender to it. Listen to me, it takes courage to surrender to him. Amen. But that you're going to surrender to what God says today. And even if it sounds a little bit crazy. Because when you're in crisis, how many of you know, you are the worst at that point, usually at taking advice, some of us. Come on. Like like when, anybody that person that when you're in crisis, everything somebody comes up with, you got a yeah but for. Right, like like we we all and, and so I want to talk about this because this is now listen, this is important because every one of us deal with it. Listen, one in nine Americans right now, one in nine Americans are on medication for depression. Right now, you ready for this? One in five have been. Like this is. We're talking about a, a pandemic right now. This is way bigger, statistically speaking. This, this is a way bigger issue. Now, I want to separate something out because I'm wading into some territory here that I'm going to step in some stuff a little bit for some of you. Now, hear me on this, okay? We're talking about depression. There is a different scenario when you talk about bipolar, true bipolar that is a chemical imbalance that is a chemical issue. You understand what I'm saying? We're not talking about that today. Okay, that, that's a necessary sometimes. Now, let me say this to you, and please hear me on this. Before you just take a doctor's diagnosis of bipolar, before you just take a doctor's diagnosis that your kid should be on some form of a drug, maybe you should get a second or third opinion. And, wait, ready? And a spiritual opinion. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about before I put my kid on this or before I do this, maybe I should go to the children's pastor or the youth pastor or Pastor Mike or whoever that is that knows them well to say, what is your thought about this? Let's pray through this. I'm not saying there's kids that aren't. I am saying this, Dr. James Dobson from Focus on the Family said one out of three kids that are, should it be? Okay. Okay. So listen to me, the dangerous and the scary thought is we're medicating something that we should be behavior modification. That's what we don't want to do. Does that make sense? So that's, that doesn't mean judgment on anybody. And I don't, anybody who's like right now, I just stepped on some mommy guilt for some of you moms, right? Like, and listen to me, th- this, there's no guilt today. We just all are going to kind of dive into this struggle a little bit together today. Can we do that together? You no, know, we're, we're all weighed in just a little bit. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a little weird. We've all felt this in different ways. We all have different political views. We can get into all that, right? We could turn this into a social media thread and argue and yell at each other. But that's what I hope for us not to do today. What I hope for us to do is can, can we just say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me today in this area? Would you Would you speak to me in what makes sense for my life? So Can I get you to do this? Would you look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to not be okay? Some of y'all enjoyed that way too much. That's why we had marriage night on Friday. Anyway, um, listen, I can't lead you out of depression today. Can Can I preface it with that? Right? I can't lead you out of depression in the next 30 minutes. What I can do, I can lead you to the great physician. That's, that's the goal today is that we might look at his word today and, and what his word might say to us to speak some life into us and to help us overcome. Anybody want to go on that journey with me today? Is that good if we do that today? And if you came today and you're hurting, I'm so glad you're here today. And can I, can I just say this to you? This is a safe place. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay that you're hurting. It's okay the bad decisions you've made. But it's not okay, listen to me, to stay there. See the natural order of things when we look at the world around us? Nothing stays still. Are you hearing me? In other words, when you get a wound, one of two things is happening. It's either starting to heal or it's starting to get infected. Are you hearing me? So while it's okay to not be okay today, it's not okay to stay there because usually it will just get more infected and more infected. How, do you, how many of you know the more infected it gets, the more it affects, right? And, and the more that we have depression and these struggles inside of us, the more it begins to affect our relationships and our marriages and our kids and our work and everything else, right? And so, man, we're looking for God to speak to us today in a really practical way to kind of help us deal with this concept of depression. Let me show you this, uh, this quote I found. There's a guy that wrote a book. His name is Steven Elardy and it's called The Depression uh, Cure. He said this, We were never designed for the sedentary, indoor, socially isolated, fast food laden, sleep deprived, frenzied pace of modern life. We weren't designed for that. And so that right there, if I flip it, right, if I look at and I, and I say, well, what, what is he making the innuendo? Well, the implication is that we were designed for work or movement. Listen to me. The more you get still and the least amount of work that you do, hear me, the more it's going to set in. Do you, do you, do you understand? Right? We, we, we were designed for work. We were designed, some of y'all are going to push back on this one, we were designed for outdoors, we're designed for outdoors. Matter of fact, I read in Psychology Today an article that talked about, what's was it called? Seasonal affective disorder. And it basically, you get it and it's a psychological condition from lack of sunshine, from lack of fresh air. Like, we, we need to get outside, right? Like, yeah, deal with the bugs. Yes, it's hot. You're going to get sweaty, sweaty. It's okay. Like, you were designed to do some of that. We were designed for personal interaction, Social isolation, can I just say this to you there 's nothing social about social media. You do it by yourself. <laughs> come on like that that is not a, an alternative relationship. Are you hearing me? Those are pseudo relationships because you know ladies you don 't put your sweat sweatpants, top bun, no makeup pictures up on social media you 're all like. Mm it all to make up and it, you understand what I'm saying? Like, listen, listen, you need social interaction. And for those of us, maybe that are a little more introverted. I know when I say that it just kind of makes you cringe a little bit. Listen to me. The more you do it, the easier it gets and you need it. Like we need somebody to look into each other's eyeballs and say, you matter and you're important to me. What else? We need some healthy food. I don't know how many fast foods I went through this week. But, uh, you know, I, I, w- I was thinking about like how much, how much time do we give to the thought of how much our chemically induced food is changing our moods and changing our behaviors and changing our attitudes. Like we, we've got to take care of this thing because it changes, right? Our, our thought process. It says that you need sleep. I have always been the personality that says, I got plenty of sleep when I'm dead. Anybody else? Right? Like, I'm pretty good with about five hours. Four or five hours, Mike's good to go, I'm ready to go. Let's do my thing. My wife, she needs eight. Come on, somebody. Right? If she don't get eight, she needs to go back to sleep. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, like, a couple of my daughters, like Ayana, man, she's got to have her eight. Or she gets sick. She, like, physically gets sick if she doesn't have it. Listen to me, you need sleep. You need Sabbath. You need a day that you s- sit still. Come on, you need to rest. You know what I did yesterday? It was amazing. I sat on my couch, watched football, and smoked a Boston butt on my smoker all day long. That's all I did. Come on, somebody. Like, you need to sit still. You need Like, that's even right now. Do you feel that right now? Just, everybody take a deep breath. You feel that? You need that. Come on. You need to be still. You, 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 you need to. And the last one, and this one's the hardest one for me. We need a moderate paced life. Can't do it all. Anybody else like me, you want to do it all? Like I, I try to do everything. I try to squeeze 15 minutes of this in and that. And, and you need a moderate Pace, That the frantic pace and the behaviors of our lives leads us to crisis, leads us to confusion, leads us—catch this—to faulty thinking, and faulty thinking leads to depression. So I want to deal with that just a little bit today, because the Bible says actually a lot about faulty thinking and depression. Matter of fact, there's an entire book called Lamentations. To lament. In other words, that's Bible term for, this is a book about I'm depressed, right? And the prophet Jeremiah writes these words, checks these words out. I have been deprived of peace. Anybody ever been there? I have forgotten what prosperity is. I don't, I don't even know what peace looks like any, anymore. I don't even know what good looks like anymore. So I say my splendor is gone and I have hope from the Lord. Can you just hear? Like it just... He just starts whining right there. Does anybody else hear it that way? Like, I hear my whining. I'm not, I'm not dogging on Jeremiah. Like, like, I can hear me right there. So I say, well, my splendor's gone, and then I have hope from the Lord. And I remember my afflictions. Like, I just sit and remember them. I'm so bad. My life is terrible. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else like Jeremiah? I, I remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the bitter and the gall. I, check this, I well remember... I don't just remember how bad it is. I do it really good. (laughs) I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. It's called ruminating. It's like a cow chewing its cud, right? What does a cow do? Cow chews some grass, chews on it, swallows it, throws it back up in their mouth. Chews on it some more, swallows it, throws it back. That's you. That's you. Yes, your pastor just called you a cow. Listen, it's ruminating. For us to go, gosh, this is bad. This happened. I don't know about it. Come on, anybody ever play it over and over? And over? like, this is what Jeremiah is talking about. Paul talks about it. Second Corinthians, look at this. Here's Paul talking about dealing with depression. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure for beyond our ability to endure. Check this out. So that we despaired of life itself. That's Paul. What did Paul just say? I wanted to die. I wonder if Paul had a plan for suicide. I wonder if he actually thought what that would look. I mean, this is one of the strongest, biggest care. Like when we talk about somebody that like, who's just like, Christianity, I got this. Like Paul would be one of those people, right? And yet he's, I kind of thought about killing myself. Like it came to that actual place. And then David, let me, let me read you this. David, Psalm 42. Here's what I love about Psalms. Read Psalms sometimes if you're dealing with this. Psalms is, starts with depression and ends with God. That's almost every one of the Psalms. But like you read some of the Psalms, there's a Psalm that actually says, God uses gravel to knock my teeth out. Like that's, I know, that's funny. It's good. Like, and then at the end of that Psalm, he's like, oh God, you're so good. And there's something that happens in there that we're going to talk about. But look at this. Look at this Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night. Anybody ever just cried yourself to sleep? While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the multitudes, leading the processions to the house. of. I used to go and worship, man. Come on, this is what he's saying. Like I used to, as soon as Marcus started, I came up to the front and I was raising my hand, worship God, give him everything I got. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. That's what it says here. Leading the procession of the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festival throngs. And then he stops and something happens. Listen to me. I believe this is a little bit of a secret of why God calls David a man after my own heart. Because David had a Superpower. You want to know what his superpower was? He had the ability to encourage himself in the Lord. That's a superpower. When you come to the place and where you know God enough and you've been in his word enough that you can pull a verse and encourage yourself. Come on, somebody. Now you're getting somewhere. Now you are a force to be reckoned with. And he switches right here. Listen, why are you so downcast? Oh, my soul. He like catches himself, he's whining, and he's like, whoa, 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 time. Why, why are we in this? Why is so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Come on, somebody. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I can't help but think, and when he was writing that, I wonder if he was thinking of something like Proverbs 23, 7 that says this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he for as she thinks in her heart, so is she. Come on, right? Like we've got to come to that place. And and, and let me say it to you. Let me say it to you this way. If, if depression is largely behavioral and it is, it's a behavioral disease. What that means is it's our behaviors and the things around us that lead to that place, not bipolar, not those issues, right? But the, where we are in the... And, and, the, and the, what are the words when somebody's feeling depressed? You know what the most often words used? Dark. I'm in a dark place. Isn't it amazing when we stop and realize that where there's God, there is light? And where there is lack of God, there is darkness, right? I, I, I'm, in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a dark place. It's largely behavioral. Well, then dealing with depression is dealing with the way you think. Because your behaviors come from your thought patterns, right? And so changing the way I think leads to healthier places. Let me say it to you this way. This is in your notes. My life will only change when my thoughts change. My life will only change when my thoughts change. Dimitri, come up here for a second. Let me get you to help me jump on the keys for me real quick. I want to read this this, this verse from you out of Philippians. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. So we're going to deal with faulty thinking. Depression comes because we have things called strongholds inside of us. What that means is in our mind, some kind of thought process, some kind of thinking has set in into our mind, right? Maybe it's something like, I'm never going to matter. Like you heard somebody, you had somebody tell you one time, I'll never forget. I've told this story. It's been a long time since I've told this story. I was in seventh grade when there was this girl that she was just, She's awesome, y'all. She was hot. You know what I'm saying? In a seventh grader's mind. You know what I'm talking about? And I went over and I was like, thought, I'm going to ask you to go with me. I'm just going to be brave. Just be brave, man. Just do it. A little seventh grade punk, Michael, you know, walks over. And of course, I'm brilliant. I did it in front of a whole group of people. A whole group of her friends, which means I embarrassed her. I'm like, uh, will you go with me? And she went, no, you're fat. I'm going to tell you something. That stuck with me for a long time. Come on, anybody. Some of us have words. They're strongholds that we've let sit inside of us. And now we filter ourselves or other things through those thoughts. Right? But but Philippians, what does it say? Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what should we do? Think about those things. See, the, the, the verse is trying to tell us this, that this battle that we're having with depression, darkness, this place of, of, of hopelessness and this feeling is actually coming because we have a certain thought process that's outside of what is God's thought process. And we've gotten ourselves to a place where we're having a hard time thinking of noble and true and praiseworthy, which is, listen to me, why we need each other, which is why you can't be socially isolated, which is why somebody needs to look you in the eyeballs and go, I love you, and I got you, and I, I got your back, and man, this is a bummer, but God's a big God. Listen, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me is... Or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of what peace, peace will be with you so let me let me give you let me give you a little bit of an example. let me give you a musical example here, so I grabbed uh, Dmitri and said, Dmitri, you know this song? He was like, oh, and we just kind of worked it out beforehand, so hopefully, but I, I want you to sing a song that, that we all know, and I want you to feel listen to me for those of you who are at a place right now where you're struggling with some stuff, I want you to feel what we feel in this moment. Okay? Can we sing this?
2: Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions They fail not Come on As thou hast been Thou forever will be Come on, sing that chorus. Come on, somebody. Great is thy faithfulness Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies, I see. Mm. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Come on. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto
1: me. Ooh, you feel that? Come on, so you feel that? Listen, all we did just now, all we did was change your thinking. Are you hearing me? All we did for about 30 seconds there was change our thinking. We didn't think about the agenda. We didn't think about the doctor's report. We didn't think about the kids. We didn't think about all the other stuff that's going on in my family. All we did for just a few moments was just go, God, you're good and you're faithful and you're awesome. All it was, listen to me, was changing my thinking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like that's, it's, it's, it's about dealing with that. And so how do we, how do we get to this place? Let me give you some practical stuff that maybe that you can deal with as I close out today. Because I, I always like to give you something you can do. You know, something you can put into play. I want to give you three things as we close out today. Number one, how do we get to a place of faulty thinking? How do we get to that place? Isolation. Number one is isolation. And the problem with isolation, listen to me, is that the enemy will lie to you. The reason that you need to be in church is not because we're trying to keep up attendance. It's because, listen to me, 17,000 media messages a day is normal in our culture. How many of those messages do you think are leading you in godly ways in your thought patterns? Right? Like we've got to be in a place that reminds us we've got to be in God's word because the enemy will lie to you. He can't, listen, the devil can't make you do anything. He can't. That whole comment, the devil made me do it, that ain't true. He probably ain't even bothered with you anyway. He's probably some little demon messing with you. Are you hearing me? But listen to me, devil can't make you do anything, but you know what they can do? They can give you an idea to help you destroy yourself. See, that's, that's darkness. That's that place of depression when we get isolated and the enemy just whispers to us. Look at John 8 and 44. When he, the devil lies, he speaks his own native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Psalm 13 and 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Right? Come come on. We've all been in this place. I just wonder if there's anybody here this morning that goes, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, I want something different today. I, I need to do something different with my life. And here's what I'm saying to you. It's available to you. But it's going to take... You're not being isolated. It's going to take relationship, right? We are right now just started small groups. We're in week two of small groups. This week will be week three. Probably in the next week or two, it'll be kind of too late to jump into whatever. Listen to me, get into a small group. And if you look and there's not a small group, create a small group, call me. I had somebody do that this week. One of the ladies came and said, Pastor Mike, a couple of ladies, we're just going to get together because our husbands are going to the men's group and we're going to start an outreach group. We just want to start serving people. When you give us somebody in the church that needs something? Wednesday nights, they're going to get together and kind of, they made up a group. Listen to me, you can't be isolated. If you're alone with your thoughts, you're in trouble, right? Right? Some of us are isolated. You're surrounded by people, but you're alone in your thoughts. And you can't trust yourself. How many of you know that you can't trust yourself? cannot trust yourself to give yourself good advice. Listen, when you're in crisis, you don't make good decisions, right? When when you're in crisis, you you, you don't make healthy decisions. You have to have somebody else. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. You need somebody who's got your six, right? You, You need somebody that knows your stuff, Three are better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Three, that's you, somebody else, and the two of you are in relationship with God. That's a, that's a, that's a cord that's not easily broken. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? It's, it's, it's strong. It's, it's got to be. You have to have somebody there. How else do we get into this place of faulty thinking? Number two, acting on my feelings. Come on. Acting on my feelings. Right? Can I say this to you? Listen to me. Feelings are signals. Feelings are not commands. We've got to be smart enough. We've got to be mature enough to stop and say, why do I feel this way? Where is this feeling come from? And what is the healthy response? Not just how do I medicate this feeling, right? Like we've we've, we've got to come to that place. Why? Because problems will confuse you. Anybody had been at that place of just having the problem confusing you? You don't know which way, and don't know the thought process, right? You cannot trust your feelings. It's kind of like the marriage that's built on attraction. Come on, you see that hot one, and they see you, right? Bounce it down now. Come on, and then middle age comes and wrinkles and saggy things and stuff. Come on, somebody. Come on, attractiveness goes away. Marriage is not built on chocolate and roses. Marriage is built on commitment, right? Marriage, is, in, in, in all relationships, in all that we do. Look at John 8 and 31. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Band, you guys come on up. We're going to close in just a second and sing. And I've got one more I want to give you that is just a thought. You can't be isolated, right? You can't be isolated. Come on. We've got to be careful about acting on our feelings. And you need a friend to check your feelings. Come on. Like, we we need somebody else. Sometimes it's our spouse. Sometimes it's somebody else to check our feelings. Right? Anybody else like me come home, just madder in a wet hen, and then your spouse calm you down? Like, I don't know how many times I was like, I'm going to get good. Uh. And Jennifer Matheny looked at me and went, would you stop? Yes, ma'am. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, somebody to check. And the third, listen to me, third, what leads to faulty thinking and what leads to depression? Comparison. Comparison. Because listen to me, the world will pollute you. The world is trying to pollute you. Ephesians 4 and 17, so I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their what? Thinking. It doesn't talk about their actions. Why? Because the Bible knows your actions come from your thinking, right? Listen to me. Your number one problem, are you ready? Is not finances. Your number one problem is not a medical condition. Your number one problem is not sitting next to you. Don't look at them. Don't do it. Okay? Your number one problem is not teenagers in your house. Your number one problem is right between your ears. It's right here that I get to a place where I'm not thinking straight and I don't have people and I'm isolated and then I start comparing, come on most of you guys were talking but I don't know if you saw the little bumper video of the girl online and she's doing the comparison thing and comparing her life to everybody else listen to me ladies, be careful gentlemen be careful of looking and thinking that everything is so perfect in everybody else's life, that was awesome Jane, thanks man I felt the Holy Spirit anybody else? (laughs) That's awesome. Listen, listen. You cannot be doing the comparison thing because it's going to drive you crazy, somebody. It's going to drive you insane. Right? How many of you know there's always going to be somebody poorer than you there's always going to be somebody richer than you? There's always going to be somebody uglier than you. Always going to be somebody prettier than you. Always going to be somebody skinnier than you. Always going to be the other side. You know what I'm talking about? Listen to me. Stop trying to live someone else's life the reason we are finding ourselves so often in depression and they're finding it here in the states is mainly because of this comparison trying to live up to somebody else's trying to play somebody else's story and doing what they've called to do and I need you to hear, listen to me I've said this so many times but I feel like I should say it every week I think God looks at you and giggles giggles like middle school girl giggles come on you guys girls you remember being in middle school and you stayed up too late and dad's yelling for y'all to stop laughing and talking at two in the morning and you just keep giggling remember that delirious giggle you know what i'm talking listen to me that's what god does when he looks at you every single one of you he giggles he's like look at her she is awesome and you're blowing it and sinning and doing crazy things. And he's going, she's, I love her. I, I want, I want, I, just, I, I want better for her. I'm sad for her that she's walking away. I, I hurt for her, but I'm so excited about the potential that I put in her. I'm so excited about the potential I put in him. Listen to me. God is so excited about who you are, that if you would just surrender your heart, he'll take you just like, it's okay to not be okay. Right, Because He does the transforming. What is our part? To renew our thinking. To put my thinking back in a place where I say God is good. And He's big. And I love this phrase. God had a plan before there was a problem. Before whatever issue, before whatever's going on inside of you, God's got a plan for it. But listen to me. You can't just sit at home isolated. You can't not be in relationships to have some people help you think straight because your emotions will lie to you. You can't just sit on social media and do the comparison thing because the world will pollute you. Are you hearing me? You're going to have to push in to a relationship, a real relationship, not a religion, a real relationship with Jesus that his Holy Spirit might be put inside of you so that truth can be what reigns inside of your heart and in your mind. That he loves you He's got a plan for you And he wants to carry you through And every one of us has got troubles And every one of us have got messes Come on, every one of us You know, it's always that one day When we're supposed to go for that interview That we get like the biggest pimple Right in the middle of our forehead Right? It's just airbrushed off on their social media Do you, do you hear what I'm saying to you? And so man, I, I want to speak to some of you today As we close And, and I pray for you that if you're struggling, if you're honest enough with yourself, and maybe you're not like in full depression, you know, but but maybe this morning you're like, yeah, I'm struggling. I just went through a big change of life or a move or a, you know, break up in a relationship or job change or whatever. And I'm dealing with some unhealthy feelings and emotions and all. And I see it coming out in me. Listen to me. It's right. It's, a, it's thinking. It's me stopping, going back to God. You're good. You're faithful. I will trust you. You have carried me through. And instead of remembering all the bad and well-remembering all the bad, I remember who my God is. Right? And I remember that He's huge. And He's powerful. And He's got it all under control if I'll just step in and trust Him. Amen? So let me pray for you today. and, And let's just ask God to help us with our thinking today and deal with the depression that we fight and struggle with. Father, You're so good. Thank you for your Holy Spirit being in our midst today As we kind of tackle this issue And Would you help each one of us to be honest with ourselves Maybe we feel a little down Maybe we've been fighting back the tears Put on the show Because we just really didn't want anybody else to know But you know God You know where our heart is today So not because we feel, but because we choose. We choose to praise you today. We choose to give you honor today. We choose to claim the reality that you are bigger than any problem in our life. More important than anything that we're worried about. You've got it all figured out today. So so we repent, God, from faulty thinking. We repent from stinking thinking and not putting our mind in a place where we think about who you are and what you've called us to be and, and, and staying focused on that. So Holy Spirit, would you do a work that I can't describe for each individual. It has to be for each individual. Would you meet us where we are today? Do a little heart surgery inside of each one of us. And then give us courage to not isolate ourselves. Give us courage that we don't play the comparison game give us courage to not act on our feelings, but to act on truth today. For anybody that, that doesn't know Jesus today, I'm going to pray a simple prayer while your eyes are still closed that you can receive him today. He, he wants to have a relationship with you. He loves you right where you are, just like you are. And if that's you today, you could pray something just as simple as this. Jesus, today I give you my heart. I want to have a relationship with I want to fulfill what you've called me to do. I don't want to chase the stuff anymore and my feelings and worldly things. I repent from all my sins. I thank you that you forgive me of all my sins today as best as I know how. I'm going to follow you the rest of my days. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So I want to end this way today. So we're going to re-sing this song. song is called Glorious Day. It's above and beyond your feelings today, right, that you talk about the day. Today could be the day you walk out of the grave, right? Would you stand and sing? Come on.
2: I sing.
0: so
1: keep worshiping. You can go if you want to go, but hey, go walk in truth, changing your thoughts, life steps over here. Have a great week. We love you guys.
0: get to